Well, hello, everybody. It is Monday, the 5th of September in the morning before we find out who our next prime minister is going to be. But I think it is going to be fairly obvious what the result's going to be. Today, I'm joined by Robert and by John, and we're going to talk about uh, inflation and what may happen or may not happen with interest rates and finishing off with a quick chat about ESG strategies. So we woke this morning to the natural gas market going up 25% as a result of Gazprom cutting off the Nord Stream pipeline. That is going to put more and more pressure on inflation. Goldman Sachs last week reported that UK inflation could peak at 22%. That seems quite unrealistic, potentially. But what do you think, John? Well, in the short term, yeah, I think 22% might be a touch high, but it depends on what happens to energy prices. I had to laugh when I saw that the EU were calling on Russia to respect energy contracts. I mean, how gullible can you be? This is what happens when you get people who have been promoted so far beyond their their abilities. And it happens, it's, it's in government everywhere. Government here in the US, uh, in the EU, they have allowed themselves to be dependent upon energy from Russia. And, and this is where we are. You saw Merkel's government of 10 years ago in the wake of the Fukushima um, nuclear disaster in Japan decide to get rid of their nuclear power. Now they're trying to fix it and, and, and come back the other way. It is gross stupidity of all the countries in the world to become dependent on. Russia would be at the bottom of, of, of that list. And Germany is now um, increasing its coal burning uh, of lignite, of which it has a lot, uh, in order to keep the lights on. So I think really what you're seeing is the kind of end game of stupidity. Uh, that we've seen over the past sort of decade uh, and the chickens really are coming home to roost. So in the short term, if if wholesale gas prices can jump 25% uh, in a day, there's perhaps no no number that inflation might not go to. I don't think it's going to stay at 22% even if it went there. But um, in the short term, it's a mess. Uh, thankfully, we get virtually no energy from Russia in the overall scheme of things. But it does, in my opinion, call into question uh, again, the decision not to start fracking, we actually have the potential to be uh, much more self, self-reliant self on energy at a time when, when it's never been more needed. Uh, and we also have the North Sea, which could still still yield, yield increases in production. But again, governments everywhere, this one included, they've declared war on fossil fuel companies. You know, BP is not the enemy. It's not BP's fault that you buy its petrol. We actually need more production. We need more supply. And the fact that governments everywhere are working to a target that this is entirely unattainable in terms of moving off fossil fuels and going on to electric uh, generated by wind uh, and whatever else, is, is it's a pipe dream. We need more fossil fuel supply or else this is going to become a real issue over the next decade. That was a very, very good in, unintended pun there, John, when you said it's a pipe dream. I like the, one, I like the way you did that. Yes, I should have said pipeline dream, shouldn't I, really? But, <laughs> or, or pipeline nightmare. <laughs> 
these oil companies are are like oil tankers. You you can't send them in one direction for twenty years and then expect them to turn around and go in a fossil fuel direction within three or four months. It's just not possible. Well, again, only people who've never had a real job can't understand that if you've got rising global demand for for energy uh, and for fossil fuels and you have demonized uh, fossil fuel companies so that they're not now looking for more supply when the demand curve still still keeps moving and the supply curve is relatively static as i say only only an economist with a with a phd couldn't work out that you're going to end up with rising prices and you cannot just turn on that supply because at the risk of stating the obvious, in order to find new supplies, you've, you've got to find it. You've got to then tap it. You need a distribution network. It's a very long-term process. So the stupidity of governments throughout the Western world is now being laid bare because we're going to have problems keeping the lights on. Talking of uh, electricity and keeping the lights on, I had the pleasure of being taken by an electric taxi the other day, electric car from Stansted to London. And I was asking the chap about his taxi. And he said, yeah, I mean, when I bought it, it was absolutely fantastic. He said, the trouble is, of course, electricity has gone up by so much that actually it's almost as expensive, if not as expensive, as running a petrol car. <laughs> oh, the irony. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but that's not too dissimilar to what happened with diesel engines at the beginning of 2010, 2011. Everyone was pushed in that direction. There were incentives. They were clean, et cetera, et cetera. And 10 years on, they're the worst thing you could possibly have. Again, politicians, fingerprints all over that. Sorry, I was going to mention about our friends Goldman Sachs, who whilst uh, 22% is, is a big number and, and they may they may be right pro tem. But I, I actually remember, as I'm sure we all do, the fact that they came out and said when the oil price was collapsing, that they saw, I think it was $10 a barrel, um, which didn't happen. So I think there are certain institutions that quite like to uh, grab the headlines, but who knows, they might be right. Yeah, and the Bank of England's going to meet in September to discuss interest rates. And Andrew Bailey, be very interesting to see what happens. I think that... in interest rates are going to have to go up by a further half a percent. That said, I suspect the new Prime Minister is not going to want the Bank of England to do that. I think there is an outside chance that interest rates will go up by 1%, especially if they've been reading Goldman Sachs's uh, missive. But I think, and I'm sure Mr Bailey doesn't listen to this podcast, but I think if he does nothing... I think ultimately that will cost him his job because I think that we have now as a nation got to rapidly try and dampen the flames of inflation. Well, he's been utterly incompetent thus far. I don't see why it would cost him his job now. Uh, I'd go for probably a half because it's they have to do something. They've made such a pig's ear of it that they can't be seen to be doing nothing. So we have to do something. Uh, and I think they'll, they'll probably go with a half. That would be my guess. Well, let's change the subject and move on to ESG, which regular listeners know we often talk about. So that's environmental, social and governance policy. And it's really sort of ethical stance. There's been a lot of comments 
recently that a lot of institutions trying to follow their ESG mandates have sold out of oils and commodities in particular. And those are the the companies which have really performed very well over the last six months. I mean, the FTSE 100 has outperformed the CAC 40 French index, the DAX 30, the German index quite significantly. And I just wonder whether there is going to be a move back into these companies when the outlook for energy prices is going to be inflated for quite a while and they are decent dividend payers. Any thoughts, John? I have a feeling the answer to that is probably going to be that they won't because the move away from so much of this stuff is not based upon anything to do with economics or investment. It's to do with box ticking. And so once you've ticked the box and you are not focusing on what I would call fundamentals, whether it's what's the returns on capital going to be, what what are the margins going to be, how good are these oil fields in terms of extraction costs compared to what the price of oil is in the marketplace, what's the supply situation like, what's the demand situation like. If you have sold oil companies against a background where I would argue it was pretty much obvious that it was going to be a great market for energy, you're not dealing in fundamentals. So if you're not dealing in fundamentals, why should you start dealing in fundamentals now when the evidence uh, quite clearly shows that from an investment point of view, selling those investments was a disaster? So my guess is we won't see that. And also it's very difficult if you've taken an ESG stance and sold BP, then um, it's rather difficult to then change your mind and go back in. Can you imagine the investment committee at LNG saying, lads, we uh, we made a decision to sell BP a year ago, but now, do you know what? We've changed our mind. I can't yeah. see that. It's going to be very, very difficult to uh, to do that. Really, my, my what we can see is that so many of these decisions are not based upon investment. No, I agree with that. I think, think the thing which really frustrates me is that the end user, the pension fund member the the person with the ICER investment because of a tick boxing regime and people's in, the investments industries sort of move towards all this ESG are getting poor performance and the end user probably still fills fills their car up with fuel and uses all of these products anyway and and doesn't give a give a monkeys and as a result the performance has been poor Mm, yeah absolutely it's because it's because their eyes have been taken off the ball they've forgotten what they're supposed to be doing i mean i think we i wrote an article not long ago on and i, and I used that that phrase they've forgotten what they're supposed to be doing they're supposed to be investing money they are not meant to be box ticking and ending up with businesses that are somewhat unproven in some cases requiring subsidies that to me is not investment and it's all very well saying that you're doing the right thing. But at the end of it all, people, no matter what they say they want, they will flick that switch in the kitchen when they come through the back door and expect the lights to work. Uh, BP and Royal Dutch Shell are not the enemy. And there's such a hypocrisy with, with, I think, in general, and certainly with governments, they demonize these companies and then put windfall taxes on them. Um, I didn't see when, when Spot Oil went to 
less than zero during the pandemic, nobody cared then, did they? It's not as if BP and Shell, they can send the oil price to where they want it to. It's an internationally traded commodity. I don't see governments turning down the payroll taxes, the excise duty, the corporation tax. They're quite happy to take all that. So I come back to the point I made earlier, which is for the next 10 or 15 years, what we really need is increased uh, supply uh, in order to offset the increasing demand. And for us to hobble ourselves with ever more uncompetitive generation policies, I think is, is, is just madness. Just look at what the Chinese are doing. Russia's got itself in a pickle over Ukraine. It's lost its biggest market. 40% of its energy export, exports came into Europe. So the Chinese and the Indians are taking much more Russian oil <laughs> at a discount. So what we do is, is an absolute irrelevance in the overall scheme of things. As I say, it's all very well people saying, oh, we want, we want more, more wind turbines and all the rest of it. But ju- just look at the furore now when folks can't pay their electric bills. Suddenly they're not as bothered about, uh, about these things. I think we've gone to a, as, as a country and, and furloughing has been a, a huge step in this direction. People have lost touch with reality. It's the entitled generation, is it not? Um, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's becoming ever more people feel that the government should just provide them with a standard of living that um, is of right. I'm not talking about people who genuinely need help, but um, there's a lot of people in that grey area where I would say, if, if you can't pay your electricity bill, get rid of Sky TV and stop using that iPhone 14 or whatever they're up to and buy one that you can truly afford. You'd never know your name in politics, would you, John? Not now, no. Many thanks for listening, everybody. That brings us to a close for the latest episode. Please spread the word. We hope you enjoy our views. Um, They're certainly different and, well, we would say they're certainly right. Um, So we'll be broadcasting another time very soon. This material shouldn't be considered as advice or an investment recommendation. You should consult an advisor regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority prior to making investment decisions. All investments carry a degree of risk. The value of any investment or income received from it can go up as well as down and you may not get back the amount invested. Information recorded within this podcast was accurate at the time of recording.